Our reading this evening is from Jonah chapter 3 and 4, and that's page 928 of the Church Bibles. Jonah chapter 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is that not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city, and there he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the vine so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said, I am angry enough to die. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? This is the word of the Lord. Let me um, pray for us as we uh, look at God's word. 
Holy Father, we do thank you that you do speak to us um, through the Bible, and we thank you for the chance to look at it now together, and we pray that you would help us um, to learn uh, the lesson that Jonah had to learn, and that we would think about how it applies to uh, our lives um, today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, many of you will have heard of a lady called uh, Corrie Ten Boom. Uh, you might have read a book about her. Her and uh, her family were sent to Auschwitz in the Second World War uh, for hiding Jews uh, in their home to protect them. Uh, she and her family had some terrible things happen to her. They were, uh, as you might imagine, as soon as they arrived, stripped naked, taken straight into the showers uh, and treated incredibly uh, badly. They were spat on regularly in contempt and they were hated by the German soldiers and day in uh, day out uh, they lived uh, suffering in one of the Nazi concentration camps. Perhaps you've been to the uh, Imperial War Museum and you've been around uh, the Holocaust exhibition. It gives you something of a a taster of what it must have been like. Uh, Malnourished, uh, maligned, uh, treated worse uh, than animals. And uh, no doubt they saw many of their friends, uh, family taken away, uh, never to be seen again. Now, Corrie Ten Boon was somebody who survived all of that. And she tells uh, a story uh, of how she was invited to speak at a conference in Germany. And believe it or not, her first talk that she was asked to give was on forgiveness. And let me uh, read you what she says. Suddenly, as I was speaking... I saw to my horror our prison guard sitting in the audience. There was no way that he would have recognised me, uh, but I could never forget his face, never. But it was clear to me from the radiant look on his face while I spoke that he'd been converted since I saw him last. After I finished speaking, he came up and said with a beaming smile, Ah, dear sister Corrie, Isn't it wonderful how God forgives? And he extended his hand for me to shake. Now put yourself in that situation for just a moment. I wonder, would you be able to look uh, into the eye of that soldier, knowing all that he'd done, and to shake his hand and say, yes, isn't it wonderful that God forgives? I wonder, would you... uh, Extend your, extend your hand and agree that it is a wonderful thing that God forgives a, a man like that? Or would you need somebody to hold back a, a clenched fist while you burn with anger towards him? Well, put yourself uh, in this situation. Imagine that every uh, guilty Nazi German soldier had come up to you with a beaming smile knowing they're forgiven from God. They turned back to God, and he'd forgiven them. And they said to you, isn't it wonderful how God forgives? Well, in our uh, reading earlier, we met uh, the prophet Jonah, who finds himself uh, in a situation very much uh, like that. Uh, We meet him in chapter 4, and we see his reaction to God's mercy God's forgiveness on a group of people called uh, the Ninevites. And despite them committing some incredible evil, they turn back to God, we read about it, 
and they receive his pardon rather than his punishment. And we saw Jonah's reaction, didn't we? Incredibly angry, so angry, uh, he fits into our uh, suicidal saints lineup. He says, oh Lord, please take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live. He's the latest uh, of our suicidal saints, people of faith, who reach a point uh, of wanting uh, their lives to end, at least saying that things are so bad, that's how they prefer it. Now, if you know the story of Jonah, you'll know how he reaches this point. He was sent by God to preach a message of judgment uh, to a group of people living in a place called Nineveh. That was uh, the capital city, the HQ, if you like, of the Assyrian Empire. Uh, We've got a map, I I hope we've got a map. Uh, That's the kind of uh, area today. You've got Nineveh up in the top right where uh, Mosul is today. We see about that um, today. It's in northern Iraq. It's currently in the hands of Islamic State. Perhaps uh, the Islamic State or Nazi Germany, they come close to the kind of uh, brutal evil stuff that the Ninevites uh, had got up to. I'll let you decide in a minute. Let me read you some of the boastful uh, reports from the Assyrian military just a couple of hundred years uh, before Jonah was around the scene. Okay, so uh, this is around 950 BC or so. And my apologies if you're a little squeamish uh, as I read this out. I destroyed, I demolished, I burned. I took their warriors prisoner and impaled them on stakes before their cities. I flayed the nobles, as many as had rebelled, and spread their skins out on the piles of dead corpses. Many of the captives I burned in a fire. Many I took alive. From some I cut off their hand. From others I cut off their noses, ears and fingers. I put out the eyes of many of the soldiers. I slew 260 fighting men. I cut off their heads and made pyramids thereof. I slew one of every two. I built a wall before the great gates of the city. I flayed the chief men of the rebels and I covered the wall with their skins. Some of them were enclosed alive in the bricks of the wall. Some of them were crucified on stakes along the wall. I caused a great multitude of them to be flayed in my presence and I covered the wall with their skins. I think it's an understatement to say the Ninevites were nasty. Uh, They would make a very horrible horrible history episode and they were not uh, anything like what we see uh, in our country today really they weren't uh, respectable white uh, middle class kind of folk they really were uh, nasty and Jonah was sent to preach judgment on these people but he refused to go and he ran off in the other direction perhaps you can understand him maybe he dreaded what would happen some people have suggested that Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he wanted to save his own skin. And when you hear quotes like that, quite literally wanted to save his own skin. He checked the review on TripAdvisor and thought, I think I'll try Spain instead. But Jonah's issue with going to Nineveh was not that uh, at all. He tells us what his problem was, and it's there in chapter 4, verse 2. This is after the Ninevites have uh, been forgiven by God. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. 
I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah um, would have been a good Bible teacher in many senses. He had a very good theology of what God was like. Uh, He knew he was gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. And we'll see why he knew that uh, in a moment. But Jonah's problem was not his uh, theology, it was his heart. He could not bear to think that God might extend his compassion and his forgiveness towards these evil people. And what led Jonah, if you like, to be a suicidal saint was that he was a self-centred spiritual snob. That was his problem. He looked down his nose uh, at these kinds of people. He was disgusted at them and that God could forgive them. And he wanted God's grace and his compassion and his kindness for himself, but not for these people. Now we've missed um, the great part of the story where God uh, uses a great storm, uh, a great fish and a great pile of puke. Uh, to get Jonah exactly where he wants him. If you're in Cypher, a weekend away, you'll find out all about that. We're looking at Jonah um, then. So you've got a head start um, this evening on what it's all about. Um, But we did read that what happened when Jonah did end up preaching in Nineveh and what happened to get him to this point of wanting to die. We're told in chapter 3, and what's a really amazing chapter, that every person in Nineveh Every single one of them, from the greatest to the least, they believed Jonah's message that God uh, would punish them in 40 40 days. The city was going to be destroyed. And even the king himself humbles himself before God. Did you see? He he leaves his throne and he sits in the dust. Uh, He swaps his royal clothes uh, for itchy sackcloth. And he sends out a royal decree, in verse 7, for the people uh, to repent He tells them all to call urgently on God. He tells them to give up their evil ways and their violence. Now these guys, they couldn't have taken Jonah's message any more seriously. Uh, It's remarkable and it's real uh, repentance. They really do turn around. Uh, It's a little bit like walking into Nazi Germany or Islamic State territory now, speaking about God's uh, judgment, and for every single one of them to turn around their lives and to seek forgiveness just from one sermon. That's not all that's remarkable, though. We see the lengths that God is willing to extend his grace and his compassion on sinful people who turn back to him. He's willing to forgive even these uh, people. Look at verse 10, chapter 3, verse 10. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he'd said he would do to them, and he did not do it. I don't know about you, but I don't think I could ever have that kind of compassion. It's amazing. But what's amazing is that this compassion completely crushes Jonah. Uh, Keep reading with me, start of chapter 4. But Jonah, as he sees this, he's greatly displeased 
and became angry. So angry, he would rather die than see God's compassion come on these people. Jonah, though, was somebody who had experienced himself the compassion and grace of God. Yet he couldn't bear to see anybody else have it. And it might just be helpful for us to see just how much compassion Jonah had been shown. He'd experienced it uh, personally. Uh, as I said, he disobeyed God. He ran in the other direction. He got thrown into the sea. He was about to meet uh, a watery uh, end. Uh, but God rescues him. Uh, he sends uh, that great fish. And as Jonah's uh, in the belly of this great fish, uh, he reflects on God's great love for him. Have a look at verse Uh, 8 of chapter 2. He says, I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. Jonah's blown over. He's incredibly happy that God has shown love to him, shown kindness and compassion towards him. But notice the difference when that love and compassion is shown to the Ninevites. He's exceedingly angry. He's shown it personally, but he's also um, 